Good morning. Could we bring the house lights up as proof that there are actually people here? Oh? I know, put them back down. No, um, thank you so much for coming. Uh, This is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. Uh, For those of you who don't know, this group of people have been on a a missions trip over the last uh, couple of weeks. We've been home for a week now, and uh, this is a Sunday when uh, we do this uh, every time we've had a missions trip or two. We ask the folks to get up and just share their testimonies. And one of my favorite parts about today is, while I normally have the day on Sunday completely planned out, I have, I have no idea what's about to happen up here or what, uh, what they actually might say. It hasn't been rehearsed, at least with me. Uh, we've asked them to speak from their hearts and share with you uh, from a couple of different perspectives. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit about this at the end if I have some time, but... But uh, from the perspective of in everything that God uses us to do, every time he sends us, every time he calls us, every time he asks us to do something, he is both working in us and working through us. And in my experience over the years, the most profound work that God ever does is the work that he does in me. Uh, other people get a taste of that as, you know, as I find words to share. And I think that's true of all of us, that he works in our hearts prior to working through us, but even as he's working through us, he's working in us. And so they're standing in the order that they're going to speak, and uh, and I, uh, I, all during the trip, we said the same thing, you know, if you're, <laughs> if you're uncomfortable with the comfort room, we decided that the comfort rooms in the Philippines really shouldn't be CRs, they call them CR for comfort room, they should be discomfort rooms, <laughs> because, well, anyway, we don't need to go into that, I'm just saying, we, we agreed that, that when we began, that if you're feeling uncomfortable in a particular place during the trip, Take it for granted that everybody is feeling uncomfortable. We're all in this together. And uh, that's how it is this morning. I know that none of them are particularly happy about uh, taking this opportunity to talk to you. But there's things in their hearts that, that uh, they just need to get out. So I hope you'll be patient as they go. Mason? Good morning. I'm Mason. Um, Jay, Jay was worried because he has no idea what's going to happen. Neither do I. I don't okay. know what I'm going to say. So, I'll kind of start with a, a rundown of the trip, what we did. We, uh, we started off going up. We landed in Manila, and we ended up going up north towards the coffee plantation. And uh, it was pretty cool because we got to see... You guys heard the, the Bucalote story from Jay a couple weeks before we left. He, he did that over a couple weeks, and we got to hear it. He kind of told it to us again in person, so we kind of we stopped at a spot where they had some, some rattan, the, the rope-like stuff that they used for, for doing uh, uh, their ambushes. And we got to kind of see that. You're in the, the mountains and the territory, and it was cool because you hear about those first two missionaries that went in there and just sheer cliffs and stuff that they're hiking through just looking for, for headhunters. It was, it was just absolutely nuts. Just, and we're driving in a car. you know, we, we get to see it all by car or nothing. It's so easy. But uh, we ended up seeing the, the plantation and all the coffee, and it's, it's cool to see how self-sufficient it's trying to be and to support the missionaries down south. And so then we ended up going down south. Again, I don't, I don't remember the names of the towns and stuff. I, I kind of forgot all that. But, but anyway, we ended up going down south, which was just a little flight down there. And uh, we got to see the, the Bible College. And at the Bible College, which, which is where... 
were training the missionaries to send out down south. And, and we got to do some work there, and, which before that actually we went and we stayed overnight in a couple tribes and got to share our stories. And it's, you're always real nervous, or at least I am, real nervous about sharing testimonies and talking to people. And uh, you're, you're real nervous about that, but then once it's time to actually share, you're, you know, it all just, the Holy Spirit's working through you, it comes through, and then that, you know, who am I, what, what's my story have effect on people? And then, like, there's just one person that's in the, in the little hut that you're sitting in is like, that's the same story. That's, that's, that's me, you know, and it's just cool seeing that. And you can, there's the language barrier, and when you're talking, it's like every sentence, half a sentence that sometimes is translated twice, and so you've got like 40 seconds in between each sentence trying to translate across. But having that language barrier, you could still see the connection and just how, how your hearts are reaching to each other, you know, and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, but then after, we stayed, stayed the night a couple times and out in the tribe, and we ended up, me and Blair split up in a group, and we ended up going to a church with Pastor Gary, and, and his daughter, Elise, which was our translator, she's, she's a genius. She can, she can translate crazy. But uh, anyway, we go to this church, and me and Blair are going to share our stories, and Gary's preaching, but we, we get up and they worship, and it's all in Tagalog, and you can't, I don't know what they're saying, but it's just insane seeing this group of people worship, singing their hearts out, worshiping the Lord, and it's like, I have no idea what you're saying, but we're worshiping the same God right here. This, it's just amazing. And then you sit there and think about it. You're in this little hut because it's not a church. You're not in a church building. It's the body of the church that's in this little someone's porch, mud. It's raining outside and everything. And uh, they're sitting there just singing their hearts out. And someone, someone had to reach them. Someone had to go there to share the news, you know. And it's just it's crazy because you see like two huts over. They're just sitting there, sitting on their front porch, has no idea what's going on. But someone's got to reach them. But then so we ended up... We got, we got back that night and stayed at a hotel, and then I thought, that's just me for not reading the itinerary. I thought we were going to the wakeboard park after that, go have fun, and uh, so we ended up going out. We didn't stay the night, but we went out to a different tribal area that they've been trying to reach. They've been trying to get a church planted in this area, and I, and I had no idea we were going to share our testimonies, but it just like, because it was like, ah, oh, I thought we were going to go wakeboarding, you know, but you end, up, you end up going out, and you just so cup overflowing after sharing your story, you know, and it's just, it's, it's amazing. And as we were walking down, it was, it was quite a, quite a hike down to this, this area that we went to. And, uh, and that was, yeah, that was Blair and Jerry. They went on that one and Bailey. And, uh, we're walking down and Steve, Steve's with us and he's pointing out as we're going, we're kind of going down in this huge valley and the tribe that we're going to is just like right below us. But across the valley, he's pointing out that there's a group of Okta tribe that is up in the mountains and they don't, they don't ever really come down, and no one really goes up to them. They're kind of an unreached group, and uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's something that just kind of hits you that, that no one's up there, because you go back to seeing that, that church that we were at where they're all sitting there worshiping. Someone had to go tell them, and they're all sitting up there just not knowing anything. But So anyway, after that, we, uh, we ended up going to the, the Bible college and trying to help them out, and, well... They really didn't need help. I mean, they, they all know what they're doing. I can, I can build a house here, but it's completely different over there. It, it's, it's just, it's nuts what they can do with so little. But then there's also some things that really makes you cringe, like, ah, oh, it's going to, that's going to hold up, you know? But, but anyway, so, <laughs> so we were over there and 
they had me digging holes, basically just little piers, little footings and stuff. And like, oh, this is great. It's all black dirt. There's no rocks in here. And everything is by hand. Everything is just by hand. And so I'm, I start digging. And I'm like, oh, there's no rocks. It's not like Missouri. And I was probably like maybe two minutes in. And my shovel's just, it's like clay. Just packs, packs to your shovel. And they're just, they give you a little piece of bamboo stick to scrape off your shovel like every, every two scoops that you do. But anyway, the long story short is, though, they don't, they don't need our help over there as far as labor. You know, they're paying Filipinos six bucks a day to do all that stuff. They don't need us to come over there and, and work. They really don't even need us Americans to go over there and share the gospel because they have Filipino missionaries over there, tribal missionaries, that are doing that on their own. We, we went over there to share our stories and make that connection. And uh, there was one thing that, that really kind of hit home for me was when we were in that in that church with Gary, we were sharing our stories. Gary's sitting there, he's like drawn on a whiteboard. He was, uh, he was reading from uh, John chapter 15, the vine and the branches. And uh, he's got, he's like drawing a picture on the whiteboard and stuff. And like Elise was kind of translating for us, but not everything. You can kind of catch something. Plus she was at the end of the bench and it was raining. I couldn't hardly hear her anyway. So I'm just sitting here reading the rest of the, of the, the chapter, you know, just kind of reading along because I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. And... Uh, uh, I got to the end of the chapter, verse 16, and it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in the name of the Father, he will give you. This is my command, love each other. So anyway, I just, I thought of that. I, that just, it just hit home. And then hearing about that group of tribals that are up in the mountains, just not knowing, you know, and it's kind of hits you because we're all called to make disciples. That's all I have to say about that. Wow, that is my brother. That's your brother, your little brother, no less. He's awesome. Okay, yes, I'm Bailey Bowles, and I'm his sister, older sister. Um, so first off, I just want to thank everybody for supporting this team. Um, and there was more of us. Um, I think one person's not here, but... Um, it was just awesome. So whether you supported financially or in prayer, it was just incredible. And we really felt those prayers. Um, I know that um, even something as simple as holding off the rain until we were under a shelter, we just noticed that. And it seems small, but, oh, man, God was working behind the scenes, too, on bigger things. And we just really appreciate all that. So... After being here, okay, this is my first time leaving the country, by the way, so um, being here and just hearing Jay after all these years talk about this faraway land of headhunters and volcanoes and crazy foods, um, just seeing it, it's like, it's real, guys, in case you didn't know, it's real, and it just, it's so different, but um, just a great experience, and and we get to be a part of it from over here, so that's really cool, too. And you guys, like I just said, are definitely a part of sending the scent. So I do want to talk about um, the Bible College. That was really cool. We flew from Manila to Bicol, and that's kind of where the Bible College is. And they've already got some buildings up, and I know Mason was digging. He did the grunt work. Um, <laughs> And then, like, we had team irrigation. 
Um, oh yeah, by the way, we're all, all of us together, we're team flexible. That was just the whole time we're like, team flexible. <laughs> I mean, it would be, an, I don't know, a circumstance we can't control and we'd be like, team flexible, we got this. <laughs> so <laughs> that was pretty cool. Mason coined that term, by the way, so credit. Um, <laughs> but so at the Bible College, Mason was digging. We had people filling sacks, and it's just like, why am I filling these sacks? But there was a reason. And like Mason said, they can do that themselves. They don't need us to do that. But we were there just, you know, it's crazy to see a white person. It's like, wow, you're white. You're just way up there. But I know whenever we were sharing our testimonies, people would be like, what? We thought Americans were perfect but you go through the same kind of things we go through. So it was cool to just show that we're human too, and that's just how we're all connected as the body of Christ. But another thing at the Bible College that I thought was cool was they have a fish hatchery, is that what you would call it, that they're making, and it's just kind of, it's like a sustainable source of income for them, just like the same idea as the Buglo coffee. So... That was really cool to see just another idea like that, um, bearing fruit and being a part of that, because we didn't get to see them actually put the fish in, but we thought we were going to, um, but I think they did it the day after we left. So it was pretty soon after um, they were able to start on that. But hearing Joseph talk about the coffee plantation too, it's just crazy how, how much precision um, goes into each coffee bean, the processing of the coffee and just the strategy that goes along with it. But for the testimony part, that was awesome, just getting to share a story. And what I told a lot of them was just, I mean, what I told them was I was encouraging them to share their own story with people around them, which, I don't know, it's just like, am I doing that? back home in the States, am I really sharing my story with people around me? And really, it's probably not, probably not as much as I should be. And so that, I guess I convicted myself somehow. No, that was the Holy Spirit. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, I just, one thing God taught me, I guess, ultimately was that testimonies aren't just for mission trips, and testimonies are not, I mean, they're not specific, I guess. They're just, they're your story. Your story and your testimony are synonymous. They're they're the same thing. So just sharing about your life, that's your testimony. And just giving God the glory for what he's done in your life is big. So yeah, I was going to say something cool in um, their language. Um, It doesn't matter. It's fine. It's good morning, but it's... mm, Magandang Umaga. Oh, yes. That was right. That was but it. it's actually translated to beautiful morning. That's what yeah. it really would be. But. but there were lots of beautiful yeah. mornings. Yes. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, I'm Bill. It's hard, hard to follow both of those people right there. So they're, they're great people. Um, I, this trip for me was my second trip to the Philippines and. and I got to look at it a little differently this time. Uh, first time you go, you pay attention to smells, sights, just the things, everything that's new. Um, 
But this time, I got to pay attention to the deeper part of, of the whole process of going on. It's amazing to see the work. Uh, as Jay always talks about the, the, their story, but to see, you know, it wasn't long ago in a relevance of time when they were headhunters. Someone took God's word to them, and they held on to it so strong and put it in their, their hearts so much that they are now missionaries and going out in a very short period of time. So, but there's so much that, that has to happen for them to be able to do that. So that's where the Bukalo Coffee comes in play. So, they've, they've, so they can support themselves and also go out into the rest of the Philippines and do their work. And, and I, we, we talked about cars and things and how, how it's a whole, to make a piece or I'm going to say a puzzle. You can put a puzzle together, but if you miss a few pieces, you don't get to see it all. Well, I got to see the whole picture in person. And, and the view was amazing to see um, how God has, has not only worked in Jay, for Jay to do what he does there, but each one of their lives and how they continue to hand that down to one another. It's, it's an amazing accomplishment that, they, that they've done. Um, the Bible College, to see it's, it's really in the early phase of that. But to sit and listen to Steve talk about what they're going to be doing, how they're going to be doing it, I could almost look at the landscape and watch, watch it unfold in front of me of what it's going to look like. I'm a visionary person, so I, can, I could visualize what it was going to be. And it's going to be an amazing place for everything after that or what they're going to do. Um, we talked about going to the villages and giving testimonies. And sometimes I, I, this trip, I, I even told Jay once, I, I struggled with my story what can I, what can my story do for those people? You know, how, how are they going to relate? You know, I, I've always got a story. Everybody knows that knows me. They know that I can, I've got a story, but I struggled this time. But we were in a small village in a man's house, and, and I, it was my turn. I gave my story, and, and when I got done, he, he started talking back, and it was his story. Just like we all said, there was somebody we've connected to over there. You know, he... His story mirrored mine, and it was like that. That's a connection that was so amazing to be able to know that you've touched someone else. And he was so thankful for sharing a story, and he prayed that that he would be able to have an, the outcome that I had, you know, at the end. And it was just now we know, you know, there is a purpose for us all, and each one of us to go and be a part of. Um, I got to look at it through a father's eyes. I got to take my daughter with me this year. She's not here today, but I got to take her and the things that I got to see and, and she got to see and the growth that she was able to. There was a point where Jay and I was sitting and we was laughing and talking about the daughters and our kids and uh, Genity said something too, which our translator said something to Shay and Shay's like, yeah, sure, okay. And we both looked at each other and said, I wonder if she realizes what she just volunteered for, you know? And Jenny gets up and she leaves, and they went and got a whole village full of kids and brought them back. And they wanted Shay to come and share her story with the kids. Well, Shay's like, oh, oh okay. She never wavered. She, she, anything asked, she jumped up and did, but she went and told her story. And as a father sitting there, I just, I'm sorry, it turned into a ball fest. I just was crying. It was just amazing to see how God can work through all of us. And I encourage everyone, if you ever have an opportunity to go, um, 
you will be blessed. And I personally want to thank the team because I went through a few days that was pretty rough, and they were all there for me. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, Caitlin uh, went with us on the trip, and uh, you'll hear when she starts talking that it, uh, she sounds like she has a speech impediment. She doesn't. Um, there was an incident at the end. Uh, her tongue was injured, and, but uh, she's, uh, she's agreed, uh, consented been forced to uh, talk to you. Uh, we don't know how many words she's going to be able to get out because it really does hurt to talk. Um, so, <laughs> it's worse through a microphone. Um, <clears throat> we were at um, one gentleman's house um, sharing our stories. Now, I'm 30, single, American, female. The um, gentleman we shared with was 60, married, nine children, Filipino. And um, when we finished, he thanked us. Um, thanked us saying he can relate, relate, <laughs> to um, our sh short our stories um, because, like I think um, Bailey said, our lives aren't perfect. Hmm. No, I, I can do it, I can do it. Okay. <laughs> Because he wasn't hearing Caitlin Beckmeyer, 30, female, etc. He was hearing what Jesus has done in our lives. Hmm. And um, people, their hearts heard that. Um, even if our lives were completely different. Um, and that was not uncommon. A lot of the people we talked to, we talked to thanked us for sharing um, because they thought that Americans were enemies. Um, so we got the opportunity to share what Jesus has done in our lives and can do and will do 
through in their life. Can I say that correctly? Yeah. Okay, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> I'm Jerry, and first of all, I would like to thank everybody who supported us while we were on our trip. Um, I know some of you financially supported us, but I was most thankful for all of the prayers while we were over there. Um, there were so many different trips that we took, so many different people that we met. Um, I know it was mentioned a couple times, but it just seemed like so many miracles happened while we were there, you know, even right down to the rain stopping when it was time to leave a house. Um, Jen was amazing. I don't know how she got this all scheduled in such a short time and got us all to where we needed to be, but she did. And it was just an amazing two weeks. So thank you for all of you who are praying for us. Um, I was blessed to share my testimony many times when we were there. Um, the first time, I didn't think I was going to make it through. The translator and I were both crying by the time we finished, but um, kind of bonded and got to share a lot of experiences the next couple of days. Um, there were just so many times we shared our testimony, and the people would say, I can't believe that you're here sharing your story with us. Why did you fly halfway around the world and walk through the mud? And let me tell you, it was muddy. I don't think I was ever clean the whole time I was there. Um, but it was totally worth it to talk to these people, um, to share my story, to have it translated. Um, but some of the time, we didn't even need the translation. You could just see it in the people's eyes. They understood, you know, what we had been through and that God was with us through that time um, and that he's with them as well. It was amazing hearing their stories also. Um, the one time that I really felt it was just so special was a stop that we hadn't even planned to make. We were, we had gone down the mountain and were walking through and done a couple of testimonies and there were some people on the team that were like, hey, we need a CR, you know. So one of the, one of our leaders said, okay, we can stop here. We know this person. And once they got inside, there was somebody who was in really poor health, having some major health concerns and you could tell that he was just in a really bad place. And we were there. Um, Mason shared his testimony. We got to pray with him and his family, and it, and it seemed to mean so much to them. And this is a stop we wouldn't even have made, except that somebody had to use the CR. So it's just amazing. I know we went to a lot of different stops. We shared our testimonies. Um, we broke up into groups, but it was amazing how you would go into a house. We didn't know who was going to give their testimony. It just seemed like, you know, we were praying, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, you're the one who needs to share this time and be able to speak into these people's lives. So it was amazing. Um, I'm really glad to be home, but I'm so glad that I got to go. 
Um, it was a privilege to be able to go on their trip. It was amazing. Thanks again. Okay, hello everybody. Um, I get to bat last this time, so in case you're curious, this is the sixth draft of um, this little speech that I'm gonna give you. I think I revised it every time they said something. I thought, ooh, that was good, I wanna add that in there. Um, my name is Blair Bowles, um, and I was lucky enough, along with Mason and Bill, that this was our second trip over to the Philippines. Um, so like Bill mentioned, it kind of allowed us to have a different perspective going into it. And so going in, I knew I wasn't going to be shocked by the culture outright. I knew what to expect from the way they ate, the discomfort rooms. You knew what to expect in that aspect. So that kind of allowed me to focus a little bit differently ahead of time. But it also meant that maybe I didn't focus on all the correct things. Maybe I made a mistake. I'll say it one more time. My parents and siblings are listening while they're on the road. I made one mistake. Okay, one mistake. Just kidding, I probably made several. But I went into it with an expectation. And the first time I didn't really go in with an expectation, um, I had no idea what to expect. But this time I thought, okay, I know the culture a little bit. I kind of know maybe what they could connect with, what they could hear. But you never know what the Lord's going to do while you're there. And so... I ended up learning so much more than I thought that I would. Um, just from, like they said, our stories were such a big deal. We didn't need to share details of the gospel. We didn't need to teach doctrine. We were just there to tell our stories. And the way that they connected with them is incredible. There are some things that don't translate perfectly. Because we live on the other side of the world. There's things that we do that they wouldn't quite understand. There's things that they do that we don't quite understand. But they know pain. They know hardships. They know when the going gets rough. We've all been there. And they also know joy, and they know celebration, and they know these things that we can talk about together. And it was really beautiful to see how powerful that connection is. And so there were several things that I learned, but one of it, through everybody's stories, one thing that was connected to all of our stories was the power of community and how important community is when you go through hard things and when you go through joyous things. And it was really neat to see how that connected with them in these new churches or these Bible studies that had been going for a couple years but hadn't quite expanded yet, how important community was to them, how they thought, oh, yeah, we can do that. We can share our stories with each other. We can share your stories with people who aren't involved, and that can be our pull for them. And I thought, like Bailey mentioned, we could do that here. We didn't need to go across the world to do that, although it really was a great thing. There's just so much we can do wherever we are that's going to make a difference in the kingdom. And so that was a really cool thing. Another thing... Oh, boy, my train of thought just disappeared. Um, oh, another thing that I learned from them was their culture was so pure and hospitable. At one point, the big hike that Jerry talked about where you end up head to toe covered in mud, desperately needing a shower, and we ended up spending the night at this place, they didn't know we were coming. <laughs> there was, what, how many in our group? Five, six, maybe seven of us. Americans who take up a lot of space and have more needs than they might, we're coming, and we're coming, and we're sleeping in your house tonight. 
and you're feeding us. And <laughs> they were fine. They were like, oh, great, awesome, sounds good. And they opened their home up. They gave us an entire, like a third of their house for us. They spent hours over a fire cooking for us. Just such a welcoming culture. And that was true in places that um, had the Bible studies, had churches established, but it was also true in, in the places where they weren't super interested in hearing the gospel part of what we had to say, but they were interested in hearing the Americans talk. They still were so willing to give up their seats for us, to give up some time for us. And it really taught me something that I'm not very good at, and that's being still. If you know me at all, you know I don't do that very well. I was not needing to go to the bathroom up there. I just naturally, I have to pace or hang on to something or something like that. But they are so still when they're listening to one another. And they were so willing to just rest in the presence of visitors who were coming with something to say. And that was so convicting to me because I thought, how often do I do that? How often do I just sit and rest in the presence of family and friends, in the presence of my quiet time, how often do I do that? And so that was something that was really convicting and powerful to me, to just enjoy the presence of the Lord, to just enjoy fellowship, enjoy these moments that you get to learn and grow and build in your relationship with the Lord. So that was two pretty significant takeaways that I took from this trip and that I'm wanting to share with you, is one, the power of our story and the power of community in that story. And second, the beauty in just resting in the Lord and seeing what he has for you. Thank you for supporting us and for praying for us. And I hope you continue to do so because there's a lot of work over there that still needs to be done. Thank you. You can sit down if you want to. Um, it's really not much more that needs to be said. But I'm going to say it anyway. Um, these guys walked on water on your behalf. They really did. You, uh, you put your confidence in them and you supported them. And, um, and they, uh, they were a delight to be with and, and to be in ministry with. Uh, early on in the trip, uh, Jen asked if there was something that I wanted to say to the group. Uh, uh, we were coming into a part of the trip that was just going to be really difficult. Uh, they only thought the first part was difficult. Um, the second part was, was far more, the, the mud and the situation and, and everything else. And, and so I, I took the opportunity. Um, this is going to come as a surprise to you, but I'm, I took the opportunity to tell them a Bible story um, about a man named Abraham to whom God spoke one day in Genesis chapter 22, and said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah, to a, a mountain that I will point out to you, and offer him there as a burnt sacrifice to me. The next morning, Abraham got up early and cut the wood for the burnt sacrifice and saddled his, his donkey and took two of his servants and his son Isaac and they went together to the place. And on the third day, as they traveled in the direction of the land of Moriah, which, by the way, would be the future site of the city of Jerusalem where the temple would be, Abraham turns to his servants at that point. And uh, having seen the mountain, God indicated, that's the place I want you to go. 
Abraham turned to his servants and he said, you stay here with the donkey. My son and I are going to go over there and worship and then we'll come back to you. And uh, Abraham began to walk with his son. He took the knife and he took the fire. He put the wood on the back of his son, Isaac, and they began to climb the hill together. And on the way up, Isaac looked at his father and he said, Father, yes, my son, I see the fire and the wood and the knife, but where is the lamb that we will offer for the sacrifice? And somehow Abraham found the courage to say, my son, God himself will provide the lamb for the sacrifice. They got up to the top of the hill and Abraham built an altar there to the God that he was worshiping, the invisible God that he was worshiping. He built an altar and he, he, uh, he laid the wood out on the altar and then he, he tied up his son and he laid his son on the altar and he lifted the knife above his head and that's when he heard the most amazing words. Abraham, Abraham, don't hurt the boy. Don't, don't lay a hand on him because now I know that you fear me because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Isaac. And suddenly Abraham notices a ram that's caught in the thicket by its horns, completely unblemished because it's caught by its horns, and he offers the ram in the place of his son. And as they're leaving, making their way down, he looks back at that hillside, and he names that hillside Jehovah, Yahweh Jireh. The Lord will provide. Not has provided, but the Lord will provide. We have reason to believe that all of that happened on Calvary, literally, in the land of Moriah, the future site of the city of Jerusalem. He goes back to his servants, they're reunited, and they go home. The reason I chose to tell that story is because we were going to be in some pretty tough situations. We didn't know how much rain we would walk in. We knew there'd be a lot of mud. We knew there'd be discomfort rooms. We knew there'd be times when we would hurry up just to wait for people to show up so that we could talk to them. And I reminded them, and I'll remind you this morning, that, that Abraham, that moment came, he didn't tell his son Isaac what was going on or what was going to happen. But the moment came when he had to explain to his serv servants what he was going to do. And uh, what he meant to say was, you wait here with the donkey. I'm going to go over there and kill my son. And then I'm going to come back. But what he ended up saying was, you wait here with the donkey. My boy and I, we'll go over there and worship. And then we'll come back. And there probably is no more tangible oh, effort that anyone ever made in all of the scriptures, apart from Jesus himself, than Abraham made that moment because what Abraham did, he did because he believed it was worship. And worship is nothing more or less than the things that we say and do that declare the worthiness of God. Abraham believed that God was worthy of what he was asking. And so he did it by faith. And God gave him his son back. What's your worship costing you these days? What's your worship costing you these days? These guys had a full-on, right up to the last minute of the trip, 
where they were asked to pay a price that they didn't expect to pay, hadn't, couldn't possibly have anticipated. But God worked in us, even as he worked through us. And I believe that's what the testimonies have reflected. They believed that God was worthy of the thing that he asked them to do, and then they did it with all their hearts. And I'll say it again. They walked on water on your behalf. Will you stand with me in the presence? Our Father and our God, thank you today for the privilege that we have of knowing you, of hearing your voice. Thank you for these testimonies this morning that have reminded us again that you are at work. You're at work around the world. Jesus himself said it. My Father is always working, and I work with him. And Jesus now has called us, Father, to work with you as well. So thank you for that privilege. God, I pray that you'd light a fire in our hearts for not only doing your will, but finishing your work. That's another thing that Jesus reminded us of. Thank you for this group that went. Thank you for this larger group that sent. God, thank you for the privilege that we have of being involved in the things that you're doing around the world. I pray, God. I pray, God, that you would help us to be more and more intentionally focused on what it is that you're doing around the world so that we can cooperate with you because we declare today that you are worthy of our full obedience because of who you are and because of what you've done on our behalf. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for the Lord Jesus who came and died in our place so that we don't have to die. He was buried and he rose again to give us new life and forgiveness. And God, we want to take what we have and share it with those who still need to hear. So thank you for being at work in our hearts. Thank you for your love. And thank you especially, Father, for the privilege that you've given to us of mentioning the name of Jesus to you whenever we pray. Amen and amen. I don't know what the upshot is here, and I don't know what you're supposed to do when you go out those doors. You may want to just, I don't know, hug some of these guys. <laughs> it, it was a rough two weeks. And, and uh, it was a privilege to serve with you guys there in that place. I guess all that's left <clears throat> as we head out that door is for me to say ready break. I don't know what the play is, but make something up, okay? Ready? Go get him, Potter's house. <laughs>